Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And ghost huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're You're listening listening to to ghost host, host, Sophia Temporelli. And Michael Perry. And we're here... Hello, we're here at the Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly Paranormal. Weekly, weekly at LiveParanormal.com. <laughs> this is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer, and you're listening to ghost host Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books, and you're listening to the ghost host Sophia on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, and executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. This is April, the psychic housewife in New Jersey, featured on the travel channels, The Holes of Files. I just wanted to wish my very dear friend, Sophia Temporelli, a very happy 11-year anniversary right here on Live Paranormal. Congratulations, Sophia. I love you and I'm so proud of you. 
That's right. Congratulations, Sophia, on celebrating 11 years of broadcasting here on LiveParanormal.com. And now, too, you can listen on GhostHunting.com. And thank you, Rob Sarek, for providing this format each and every week and to all of our moderators. Thank you guys so much for patching us through at live events where we had no Internet feed whatsoever. Thank you guys for all your help and support through the years. Your call-ins are welcome, 347-202-0316. That's 347-202-0316 as well. Feel free to jump into the LiveParanormal.com chat room. And uh, if you have any questions for our guests, make sure they're all capped so we can distinguish among the chatter going on in the chat room. And hope everyone's keeping safe out there. Today, we welcome renowned televised paranormal historian, seasoned journalist, author, broadcaster, and lecturer, Sam Baltrusis. Everyone visit SamBaltrusis.com, Facebook like at Sam Baltrusis author, Twitter and Instagram at Sam Baltrusis, and YouTube. a month, and Rob Sarek, the site founder, he's great at rewarding uh, uh, the listeners here. So a lot of autographed books by some of your favorite paranormal authors. That's all here on Live Paranormal. And the ghost host, let's see here. Let's bring her in here. Sophia, congratulations, a year, 11 years of broadcasting here. Thank you. I can't believe it's already been 11 years. Yeah, yeah, 11 years. You're doing a fantastic job. You've helped a lot of people, a lot of uh, families, too, as well, with your show throughout the years. And uh, we couldn't be prouder of you, Sophia. You're doing a fantastic job. You've got all these pages now, though. you got the you got the Twitter, the Instagram, all these different things. Where can people find you? I'm on Twitter, at SophiaTemporelli1L, and Instagram, just at SophiaTemporelli, even though I'm terrible at posting. Yeah, we, we cursed you with a really long name. So just drop one of the L's and, and everybody will be able to find you and your, your YouTube page. you got some new things up there, too, as well. Sophia, great day today. Tell us about your guest. Today we welcome back renowned televised paranormal historian, author, broadcaster, and lecturer, Sam Baltrusis. A writer with an empathic ability, Sam's books include Ghosts of Boston, Ghosts of Salem, Wicked Salem, Mass Murders, Ghosts of the American Revolution, Haunted Hotels of New England, Ghostwriters, and he's been featured on the Travel Channel and Bio Channel. Everyone visit sambaltrusis.com, Facebook like, at author, Twitter, Instagram, at sambaltrusis. Let's welcome him into the show. Yeah, I want to find out about Related to Evil. This is a title out now. Sam, welcome to the show. I'm trying to unmute you here. There we go. <laughs> Have you in the studio with Sophia. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> it usually means Thanks there's for having me on. Oh, awesome. Hey, thank you so much for coming on today, Sam. I'm grateful to be back on the show, Sophia. Well, it's always great getting to talk with you, and congratulations on, I mean, all the success you're having. I mean, it's amazing the amount of books you've written, and, I mean, you're just traveling all over the place. I can't even imagine your schedule. So thank you for taking the time out today to come on my show again. Yeah, so I'm actually reporting from Florida <laughs> today. But, yeah, I've, I've literally I've traveled all over the country this past year doing events, investigations, uh, and this trip actually is uh, my family's in Florida, so I'm visiting my, my mom mm-hmm. and my sister's. Well, that's great. I mean, it's always good to take time out for family, um, especially around the holidays. But, I mean, yeah, you are you're everywhere, which is, I mean, it's amazing. I definitely don't have the energy for that. So um, it's great, you know, that you're able to get out there and, you know, do everything you do in the paranormal, which is some amazing work. Um, to start off, though, can you tell us how that kind of initially began for you? Um, what 
initially drew you to the paranormal? Was it an experience or have you always had an interest? So for me personally, like when I, um, I started, I was a journalist for many years. So I actually, uh, I wanted to, I did a lot of true crime related articles and I did entertainment related articles for about 20 years. Uh, and then I, then I wrote an article for a local magazine and I, I would always write about paranormal themes, uh, topics during Halloween. And I wrote one, um, called Haunted Hotspots in Boston, and it was for a magazine called Stuff Magazine, and it was a hit. People really wanted more, uh, and then I took that article, and it, it became my first book, Ghost to Boston, and uh, it, it's been, a, you know, 15 books ever since. Uh, the first book, I, I thought I could never write a book, and uh, I approached the book like I, I basically took it like, like, like writing about 50 articles, putting them together, and that was my first book, Ghost to Boston. So, I, you know, I've definitely, I, I, to be honest with you, I was terrified of the paranormal. I, I wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not the type of person that, uh, you know, that loved, you know, ghost hunting at a young age. I, 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 I'm empathic. I, I ended up actually identify as a clairvoyant. And that, um, I remember as a child and kind of being back at the spot where I had my initial experiences with the paranormal, it is kind of triggering for me because I, I did have, I had visitations from the spirit realm and it was just too much for me to handle as a young, a young kid. So, uh, fast forward several years later and now I've, instead of being running away from the spirits, I've learned to Inter- I've, I've interviewed ghosts. Like that's kind of how I approach it. And, and if I interview the spirits and they respond, uh, that's, a, that's good for me now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it can be really overwhelming and very hard to have experiences at a young age because it's like you're trying to just process life in general. And then with that added element of the afterlife, it's, it's a lot. Um, I mean, what kind of helped you overcome that to where you're doing events and stuff now? Was it just exposure or was there something specific that really kind of helped you overcome that fear? Yeah, so it, it was a turning point. So when I wrote my first book, I definitely didn't investigate uh, my, for my first book. It was more of a history book with ghost stories. Uh, and then as I, as I progressed, I started uh, – I was interviewing other paranormal investigators and psychic mediums for my books instead of actually going to the locations. And uh, my readers, they wanted, me, they wanted to get my experiences at the locations. I'm like, oh, no, I have to actually mm-hmm. go to these places. So I, um, I – you know what? I'm, like, I'm going to go in and instead of – uh, being afraid, I'm going to turn the recorder around. I'm going to uh, instead of interviewing people, I'm interviewing ghosts, and that's kind of kind of was my was my first approach. Uh, and they started to respond, and so like whether it's through spirit boxes or using dowsing rods or other uh, paranormal equipment, uh, and then you know n- having been an empath and being clairvoyant and working that muscle, I I definitely uh, so I'm to the point now where it's uh, I'm not afraid. Uh, I view the spirits that I encounter along the way as people and and with respect and i think by showing them respect we're respected in return however i have ha- i have had some experiences that were really scary along the way and walking through those experiences and realizing they're um they just make my ability stronger and uh having you know i had an attachment that nearly killed me and that that was a major learning experience but i also mm-hmm. uh, am grateful for that experience because i wouldn't be where i'm at now without it yeah, I mean, it, it's really hard, you know, just navigating the field. Um, I can definitely relate to it in the way that I I started investigating at eight years old, but I realized my house was haunted by the age of nine. And I mean, investigating and actually dealing with it when it's kind of invading your personal life is 
so beyond different and it really can be terrifying. And I mean, it's like those experiences do make you better as an investigator, but they're also not necessarily experiences you want to have. Yeah, especially when they're in your home. And I think, you know, that's, I, I, um, I have learned through time because I was, you know, I, I, I lived in a haunted house too, not as a child, uh, but as an, as an, as an adult. And I had a seamstress spirit who haunted my, it was like a Victorian house uh, in, in near Boston. And uh, she, you know, she was lovely at first. And then when I tried to uh, do uh, fix the house or like make uh, renovations to the house, she did not like that. So she kind of turned on me. So I think when it's a spirit that's within your home, it makes it even more scary uh, if you, uh, if, you know, if you if you encounter the spirit. And and so I I've learned to kind of uh, I moved into an apartment that's not haunted, <laughs> just to make yeah. sure that I'm not moving into a haunted location. So I think living with a with a spirit versus like going to locations and and saying, listen, you guys can't follow me home. Uh, and then in making it back uh, to your to your uh, to your home, your non-haunted home, it's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was able to move out of the house, and I'm like, you know what? I love investigating, but I really draw the line at haunted houses. I'm like, I'm good. I've seen people post online like, oh man, I would love to live in a haunted house. I'm like, oh, good for you. Definitely not something I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know you talked about ghosts in Boston. Um, and, you know, you were gathering experiences from people who had actually gone to the location. But what can people expect when they read the book? Um, I know you said you wrote it kind of like as if you were writing articles on different locations. Um, but what are some of the locations within the book and where can people find it as well? So I'm, I'm known for my book, Ghost of Salem. So that's my third book altogether. And uh, what, I, what I do as a journalist is I actually immerse myself in the location. So uh, instead of like with my first book, I, and I was a tour guide in Boston when I was writing Ghost of Boston. So it, I, I did have that out in mm -hmm. the field experience. But uh, so I basically, uh, Ghost of Salem, I took it where I'm going to immerse myself in Salem. So I worked uh, as a tour guide in Salem uh, through while writing the book. Uh, and I also worked at a hotel in Salem. So I really, really immersed myself in the location. Uh, so my, my, my books are now uh, pretty much first-person travel guides. So they're kind of like paranormal-looking travel guides. And you're following me as I go along on my journey uh, at, a, at a location and uh, talking about the spirits that I encounter along the way and the people that I meet along the way. So I would say they're, they're paranormal-themed travel guides uh, with a historical backstory along the way. Well, I mean, I think that's amazing. I mean, there are so many incredible locations, especially on the East Coast. You know, that's where America was started. So there's a lot more than, say, California. But with so many great locations, what have been your favorites while researching all of your books? So I definitely, Salem is near and dear to my heart. I've spent about 10 years giving tours in Salem, so I still love Salem. However, I've had so many paranormal experiences in Salem uh, that some of them were really negative. And so I, I, even though I love Salem, it's like, it's like a bad relationship. I'm like, we got, got Salem, mm -hmm. we need to break up. <laughs> it's not working for me. Uh, so I, I do, of course I do visit Salem um, and I have a, a stalker in Salem, a stalker as in a non-human stalker, not a person stalker. Uh, so the, I, I do visit, but I try not to spend too much time in Salem 
but uh, so I would say that's my favorite location, but it's but it's also the one that that is uh, very sometimes very dangerous for me to go to. But this year I went. I I really focused on locations that terrified me and walking through the fear. Uh, and I I was able to go to some amazing locations this past year. I went to the Hensdell House in New York, and I swore I would never go to the Hensdell House. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, d- d- did I have experiences there? Absolutely. And I love, and I, and I love the location, but it's also very haunted. And I also went to another location I swear I never would go to. And that's the, uh, the Sally house in Kansas. And uh, the, the whole backstory with that is there's a supposedly a little girl who, uh, who uh, died in the house uh, after having a botched uh, appendicitis, uh, like a surgery with her appendix. And she supposedly haunts the house, but in my opinion, it's not Sally haunting the Sally house; it's something else. So I would say Salem and Sally House and Hensdale House. Yeah, those are some amazing locations. Uh, yeah, I mean Sally's house definitely is one of those locations where it's like you know it's notorious with its backstory, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I want to deal with whatever's there because <laughs> it's like. Look, I can injure myself perfectly fine on my own. I definitely don't need help with that from the other side. So scratching and stuff, I, I've i got covered on my end. Like, I don't need any help from the other side. So I'm like, any location where I can get extra injured sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, so the, the she's really, I mean, it, I, mean like, I, I, don't, I really don't think it's Sally. I think it's something else. But I will say that mm-hmm. when I went there, I was with my good friend Richard Estep, who's a fellow author, and we, we've been investigating uh, together. And uh, you're going up to uh, the nursery, which is kind of a ground zero as to where the hauntings initially took place. Uh, that's where I started hyperventilating. So I would go to uh, the go up to the, the second floor in the nursery, and I would be fine. And then I started, like, hyperventilating, and Richard's like, are you okay, Sam? He's British. So he's like, Sam, are you okay? And I'm like, uh, no, Richard. <laughs> and I, would, I ran d- so I, I didn't get scratched or – and a lot of people report getting, like, uh, like violently scratched. And mine was just uh, hyperventilating. But, uh, but, uh, but I think that the energy there – some people, and they, they were like, well, I, did, I went there and I had nothing happen to me. Uh, and I'm like, well, I think some people are more sensitive than others. And I, I think for me, I didn't know the, the backstory to the house before I went. I heard it was a, real, it was a, a you know, scary location. But I, I'm like, you know what, I want to go see for myself. And I went in as cold as possible, and I'll tell you, it didn't. Uh, it definitely it was terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying, and uh, I was able to go back and uh, go to the nursery and spend time in the nursery with Richard and not hyperventilate. And that was to me like facing my fears. So uh, a lot of the locations uh, this past year have been, has been that for me. It's like going to the most terrifying places I can think of, and then actually going there and spending time there, and and hopefully talking to the spirits and, uh, and getting uh, information for my upcoming book. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a lot. I think that's, you know, part of the thing too with the paranormal that's kind of hard. Um, Cause you know, there's so many non-believers, but it really does come down to, you know, I think the sensitivity level too. I mean, in my haunted house, my dad had no experiences. Diagnosis was solely focused on women. And so he didn't believe me that our house was haunted for like quite a while and it's like it, I think it really comes down to like you said a sensitivity level some people can walk into a location have absolutely nothing happen or just not notice stuff and then other people exactly and, and, and Richard is kind of in the same boat like he's he's gone to probably the you know even more locations than I have and investigated and he's one of those people that 
you know, doesn't have any sensitivity at all. So he brings me in because I'm super sensitive. And he's like, Sam, you're like my Scooby-Doo. You know, you're like, <laughs> you're able to, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, this is dangerous. And uh, so I do, I do, um, I, 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 it's interesting that I'll go with people that don't have sensitivity. And, and by me even just being there, it almost amps up, uh, amplifies the activity. So they have experiences when I'm with them. So, uh, so yeah, it's been it's been interesting traveling and working with people that are traditionally not uh, sensitive or uh, you know like they're they're very uh, they were really methodical in their investigation approach and they just bring me in as like a ghost magnet and I like bring in all the spirits <laughs> to the location. <laughs> yeah, they're like you're doing great, Sam, and you're like I'm kind of freaking out right now, and you're like they're like it's great. <laughs> no, exactly, they love it. Yeah, they love how they love my reaction. <laughs> I, so I went to, uh, we were investigating a, a, a hospital in Tennessee and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, do, I don't do hospitals because someone that is sensitive, you don't want to go to a location where hundreds of people died from various illnesses. So I was literally walking mm-hmm. through this, this hospital and it's called Harriman hospital in Tennessee and getting really profound headaches. Uh, we call it headache hallway. And I didn't know that that's what that it was known for. So I was walking down the hallway and I'm like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, my head is killing me. It's killing me. And, and they were like, well, this is reported by multiple people. So you're not alone. And I, anyway, wow. so I was in on the third floor uh, and Destination Fear actually uh, just investigated. It's going to be an upcoming episode of uh, Destination Fear, so you can probably learn more about this location uh, from that show. But uh, so anyway, my uh, I was on the third floor, and my friend Richard uh, came out of a room that I didn't realize he was in, and I screamed so loud that he has it on. He has it recorded, and apparently, um, mm-hmm. like. It, the, he called it a, 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 I have a new name for it, the scream. It was like so, it was so loud <laughs> that uh, he's like, Sam, that was, that was a Wilhelm scream, which is a famous scream in, in Hollywood uh, that they would use over and over again. And we, we now have a new scream, the Baltrusis Wilhelm scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, that's that's a lot. I mean, the headache thing would have, I that's bad enough when you're investigating because you can't even think straight when you have a headache and then you're trying to like feel out what's going on they're like oh you're doing great you're picking up so much good stuff and you're like i picked up a headache that's not helpful (laughs) yeah and and i oh and also too so there is a a padded cell and i didn't know like i didn't i the thing is it's so funny i'm so sensitive to the paranormal realm but i don't pay attention to like my Mm -hmm. surroundings so they they put me in this room uh, and they closed the door, and it turns out it's like the padded cell room that multiple prisoners from the from the local prison were kept when they were seeking medical treatment. And uh, they closed the door, and I'm like, I'm flipping out in this room, uh, and and it turns out, and there's a reason why. It's because it was like a it was a jail cell in a hospital. And, uh, and, and, and they're like, oh, we forgot to tell you that's the, that's the and, and I think there's a lock on the door. So like they locked us, they locked me and Richard and my friend Sarah in that room. And I'm like, get me out of here, get me out of here. And they locked it. And it, and it, it, it turns out it was a cell, like a gel cell. And I'm like, you guys can't do that. <laughs> you can't lock me in a small room. Uh, and in the dark, and oh, and also it was freezing too. So uh, in Tennessee, so the the cold was just it was like uh, investigating in an icebox. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot. I think the only thing that would make that worse is if there was like spiders or snakes or something that had gotten in. Oh yeah. Then you're walking with them. 
Um, but I mean, yeah, you've gone to so many fantastic locations with your travels, but I know you also have a book uh, called Related to Evil. Can you tell the audience a little bit about that and how you came up with the idea for the book? Yeah, so Related to Evil is pretty much my life story put into a book. Uh, uh, so it, it's about finding out that I'm related to the Putnam family, uh, who were the major accusers during the Salem Witch Trials, and then ultimately finding out, thanks to my mother, uh, who, uh, who is really uh, hardcore into Ancestry.com, uh, finding out that we're related to Lizzie Borden. And uh, that, wow. the, that revelation was life-changing for me because I, not only have I written about uh, the Salem Witch Trials for most of my career, uh, I've also written about Lizzie Borden, too. And uh, my mom, is, you know, she was, she, she's very proud of herself for uncovering this because th this is to my grandfather, Charles Hughes, his family line. We did not know anything about his family. Uh, and she, uh, in retirement, she's decided to, uh, specialized in genealogy, <laughs> and she she's like, you know what, Sam, mm -hmm. I'm gonna find out where we came from, and I'm like, okay, mom, and so she uh, she did the ancestry.com, and you know she didn't, and also too, like she didn't realize uh, how much of a big deal this was when she told me. Uh, she knew that I've written about Salem, but I don't think she really put two and two together how how much of a, a revelation this was. Uh, but now she does. Now she gets it. And so uh, it's about my journey, uh, not only talking about finding out that rela family relation, but finding out and uh, investigating the location. So I did, you know, of course, I've spent years, I've already had years of, of investigating Salem, uh, and, but also looking at Salem now, knowing that I'm related to the bad guy uh, and saying, hey, wait a minute, this all makes sense now. Like, why was I being attacked in Salem? And it's because mm -hmm. I, you know, my family member, Ann Putnam Jr., uh, accused 62 people of witchcraft. Like that, that makes complete right. sense. And and then Lizzie Borden, I've had. Uh, I would I would say I, I had a sort of a bittersweet relationship with my distant cousin Lizzie Borden. <laughs> I would I would say that she, um, you know, like when it comes to the spirits. I mean, I've always connected with Andrew Borden and connected with uh, the victims with Abby Borden. And uh, and when I did the show Curse of Lizzie Borden with Dave Schrader and Chris Fleming, uh, it was very, very profound uh, on a very deep level. I channeled for the first time on television, uh, Eliza Borden, uh, who was also a, a distant re relative uh, to me, uh, but through blood. So she wasn't a direct, uh, she was uh, through marriage, I mean. So she was someone that married into the family, but I connected so strongly with Eliza and she ended up killing her, uh, two of her children and throwing them down a well and then taking a straight razor and cutting her neck. So. Channeling her and that showing that emotion uh, changed my life, mm -hmm. uh, and 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 I feel, you know, I I part of my my gift my skill set is channeling, and I I'm so terrified of channeling because they they literally take over your body uh, when you're channeling, and it's such a scary sensation, and it and it, it drains you uh, to a level, but. Someone with, with that much emotion taking you over uh, is even more. Uh, it, it's 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 terrifying. It's it, and it's it's but it's worth it if you can get their story and tell their story correctly. So that's in the book too. So connecting with my my family members, uh, the Bordens, and then also doing using that DNA technology. Uh, so we have Ancestry.com, but there's also DNA. So it's called genetic genealogy or forensic genealogy. Uh, taking it a step further, we were able to not only tie us to uh, Lizzie Borden and the Putnams, but uh, other people like Eileen Warnos, who was a serial killer in Florida, uh, and, and Meryl mm -hmm. Monroe. And that, 
Marilyn Monroe is something that we just found out this uh, past summer. Uh, and she, we, by identifying her biological father, Charles Gifford, uh, uh, that ties her to my family and ties her to uh, Lizzie Borden's family as well. So we're related to Marilyn Monroe, too. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you definitely have, you know, very notable names in your ancestry line. I mean, that's amazing to have all those connections. And, I mean, especially channeling um, with Lizzie Borden's, you know, that just everything surrounding that. Um, what is that? How do you channel? What is that like for you? Like, do you have to meditate? How do you start that? I will tell you, it was, it's such a weird feeling. Um, so I had an attachment in Salem, and it turns out, and like looking back at what was going on, is I was channeling, and I didn't push it out. So uh, it's basically mm-hmm. where I, I, when I so it's it's a form of meditation. Uh, so you, you have to be in a meditative state to be able to go, kind of go under. Uh, when I did the when I had the attachment, I didn't realize I was channeling. So that that's why it stuck with me, um, and I didn't like say it was time to leave, time to time to go. Uh, and so it it stuck with me for eight days, and it basically like almost destroyed my life because it was such a horrible thing to have uh, taken over me. But uh, when I did the the channeling with um, with Dave Schrader and Chris Fleming, having someone like Dave Schrader in the room, like right next to me, and Chris Fleming to my right, uh, what it, I felt very very safe. So you have to be in a, a, a an environment where you feel that you have your teammates are there to protect you when you go under. Uh, so having Dave. Uh, kind of like guide me through the channeling session uh, really helped help me. Uh, and I'm like, Dave, I'm about to go under. I'm about to go under. And he's like, okay, Sam. And I'm like, and so I, when I went under, I went into like a room. It was like a dark room that I traveled into. And I see a woman at the end and she's brushing her hair. Uh, and it's, and, and she, you can just see her image of her hair. She turns around and she's talking to me. But the thing is when I'm channeling, I'm saying what she's saying. So, I'm getting emotional even talking about it because it was a very, um, you know, it's, it's, it's strange. It's very, very strange, but that's, it was like a dark room that I walked into uh, in my, in my mind, but I was again in, in a trance basically. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing that you can do that. Um, and you said that when you have that attachment, you didn't push the ghost out after channeling. How do you push them out um, after you're done? Yeah. Well, you, you really, I mean, you have to do like a closing ceremony. It's like you cannot follow me home. Like, it's like something as simple as like you mm-hmm. cannot follow me home. Uh, when the attachment that I had uh, that uh, it's, it was Richard Crown and show, because I was doing a performance of him, like a kind of like a ghost story Halloween event at a, a beautiful mansion in Salem. And uh, I, I was pl- like playing his character and I kind of, he took me over during the, during the event. And so when I say push it out, you have to really physically, like some people, it's like, like toothpaste, but like it's kind of like 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 you must leave my body. Uh, and you could have had to physically feel it leave your body. Um, and mm-hmm. you have to also say out loud, you cannot follow me home. You cannot use my body as a vessel. Uh, so you basically have to get, give permission for it to to take you over. And then and then of course, ask it ask the spirit nicely to leave your body. Right. Yeah, I can imagine why that would be draining for you. I mean, that's that's a lot. I mean, physically, emotionally, mentally, to go through all of that and make sure that you know there's a resolution at the end where the spirit actually leaves fully. Yeah, right. And sometimes I will say, having done it, it's like it's it's dangerous. So um, I had the, yeah. the attachment. I have a shaman friend. 
Uh, and my friend Joni Mahan is a fellow author. She knows when I'm in trouble, so she's kind of like, Sam, I think I think that that you need to, you know, so she'll call in a shaman to have her do a removal on me. Uh, so sometimes I do have to. Uh, I don't successfully push them out, so they do take me over, uh, and they have and I have to uh, get a shaman to kind of like save the day, <laughs> to, to, to like do a removal. And I, I've gotten much much better at pushing out the spirits, but I I have been hijacked too, so it's not always. Uh, it's, I'm not always inviting the spirit to use me as a vessel. Uh, it's sometimes they've taken me over and I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot. I The only experience that I could even relate to that is um, at the Glen Tavern Inn, I was walking down this hallway and my tighter and tighter, and I was like, I don't want to find out what happens at the end of the hallway if I reach it. So I walked back and then I could feel like my throat wasn't getting so tight anymore. And I told my mom, and uh, she's like, oh, I'm going to go ask the friend desk guy. And I was like, please don't. And um, she, of course, did anyways. And I'm like, please don't. I'm just trying to look at movie posters. I'm not trying to do anything paranormal right now. And um, so she, of course, ran and ignored me excitedly. And uh, the friend desk person, who's Brandon Alvis, said that uh, five years earlier, the groundskeeper had hung himself on the floor above. So I was feeling oh that him hanging yeah. himself. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really sim- similar. Yeah, it's similar to that. So you're basically taking on. So that that means that your your uh, abilities as an, as someone that is sensitive. Um, I'm not saying that that's in your future, but it, that could be in your future. So uh, we, but usually people that take on the feelings. Like I I get headaches. I do feel like a tightening in my throat if someone was hanged at a location. So that's kind of like physical symptoms of what happens to the spirits, and that is a form that is a form of channeling. It's a form of connecting with the spirit realm. Now being taken over fully, uh, and to see if you ever get in that situation, Sophia, where you are uh, mm-hmm. like channeling or connecting that strongly with the spirit, you have to set firm boundaries. Um, my problem in the yeah. past is they've taken me over fully, like they've fully taken me over where I'm not even there consciously. Um, I, I have learned to kind of like make sure that they uh, they take a seat next to me and as opposed to using my body to, t- to tell their story. So I just say, like, you know, when you go, when you go into these situations, Sophia, go in and set boundaries with the spirits. Like, listen, you cannot follow me home. You cannot take me over. You, like, you have to. Uh, but I want to tell your story, and I want to tell your story correctly. And tell them that, and, I think, and they will usually respect that. Yeah, um, I, think I'm, I think I do that a little bit more now as I'm older. I think I'm trying to find the balance between, you know, investigating properly and getting stuff through, like, I, uh, on the Estes method I did at the Queen Mary, I think it, it doesn't really work for me as well as other people. And I think it's because I close myself off so much because of my experiences that I'm not like allowing it. Cause you know, you have to find that balance between being able to connect with the spirits and still, you know, keep your sanity. So it's like one of those hard things, you know, you just have to learn and it's, it's difficult when you, you don't know when that stuff is going to happen. Yeah, it's interesting you brought the SS method. So for me, the SS method is sort of my alternative to channeling. So uh, the way I do the SS method is very much like channeling. Uh, so I kind of go into a meditative state, uh, and it and I the the white noise, the radio waves, kind of like put me into that state. And I will say what I'm seeing in addition to what I'm picking up on the radio. 
So, mm-hmm. uh, or what I'm hearing from the spirit realm. So it, 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 it is like channeling and, and I get like the, it, you're right. You have to open yourself up on a level that um, I, I, to be honest with you at your age, I wouldn't even, I would not go there. Like I would not, like if they're like, Hey, yeah. do the Estes method. Um, I would, <laughs> I would be terrified. So the fact that you've even tried doing the Estes method is pretty, it's great. <laughs> Better than me. Susan oh, Slaughter was yeah. like, yeah, Susan Slaughter was like, oh, have you ever done it? And I was like, no. She's like, oh, okay, you go do it. And I was like, great, cool. <laughs> I love Susan. Yes, Susan, yes, Susan, Susan actually, like, we, we investigated the Lizzie Borden house together. Uh, and she's, she's the type of person, she's kind of like the same as, as uh, she, she, she's sensitive too, but she also, mm-hmm. um, uh, she, she was a trained hardcore investigator. She was on Ghost Hunters Academy. Uh, so she, you know, she's trying to you know, have the balance to, because I'm definitely more on the, the woo-woo level where I'm like, you know, like spirits are all around us. And she's like, okay, Sam, <laughs> you can be a little <laughs> yeah. less woo-woo here. But so she and I together, she actually is amazing using the Estes method. So we, we use the Estes method at the Lizzie Borden house. And she, um, she actually took it and she did the Estes method at, the um at the uh Maplecroft, which is Lizzie Borden's later in life home, and she went under. Uh, so, so yeah, so she's a great person to learn that from. And I think that as you move forward, I, I use it all the time. It's a great tool, but it, it's very very draining. So, um, yeah. but definitely say say use it, but use it with caution. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I did the Estes method. I wasn't under, but I did it at this um, ghost town. Um, I was investigating uh, a couple of years ago and I was asking the questions um, while the person I was investigating with was under and it was, it was so intense. I mean, it was literally the answers we were getting were so creepy. It was one of the creepiest experiences and probably kind of one of the scariest just with the stuff that was coming out. And it's, so it's really weird just how accurate it is and just the, the things you get. I mean, when you're asking questions and they can't hear you, it's, it's really crazy that that happens. Yeah, and it's, it's something that, um, and, you know, as, as you, you know, as I move forward and as you move forward and, and uh, as an investigator, it's like you, you have to learn how to, like, what, like why, what, what, why are we here? So are we here to investigate, mm-hmm. to, uh, to find answers? And I, I, for me, you know, of course, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of bribe the spirits with, okay, I'm going to actually write a book about this location, so please like, work with me. <laughs> but we, yeah. so I think it's like, I would uh-huh. save it for, I would save it for locations that, you know, when you're connecting, because it's so much energy on your end, like, like how, how are we going to take this information and, and help other people or help to tell their story and building in, you have a radio show, so you could talk about your experiences on your radio show and tell their story to the, to the world. And so I think by letting them know that why, you know, why you're there, it actually uh, gives them a, a purpose and a reason why to communicate with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's so important. Like you said, when you're talking to spirits, you're more of interviewing them to get their stories out. And I think that's just so important because, you know, especially, you know, on the East Coast, I mean, place where, you know, America was established, but there were so many things that were, you know, kept a secret back then, whether it was just people who couldn't live their lives truthfully or, you know, just anything, you know, society was so different back then. And I think there's so much hidden from people's lives that should really be told. Yeah, and that, that's sort of like the underlying theme to uh, related to evil. And the thing is, the whole title related to evil, it sounds really scary, but it's really mm-hmm. about what, how uh, people have branded 
uh, these women in my lineage as evil. Uh, and they were, they were just different people. So I look at Lizzie Borden now completely different than I did uh, when I first started researching the case. Uh, I, view, I view a lot of the women uh, in my, my family line not as cursed, but as because they're women. They're women who thought differently and who challenged the status quo. And I think that um, like looking at like, history with a new lens, with a lens of a lot of people, whether they're people of color or if they were different in any way, uh, were marginalized by the status quo. And we want to tell mm-hmm. your story and tell your story correctly. Uh, and I, I'll tell you, like, the spirit realm, um, because we're doing that, like, we're going and talking to the others, the ones that didn't have a voice, uh, it, get, it definitely is um, – it's changed my life. It's changed my life. I feel like that by giving a voice to those without a voice, the ones that were uh, were different, uh, I, has given me a mission. And I and I, I see that with you too, Sophia. If you you want to talk to the ones that didn't really have a chance to talk when they were alive. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think that's the most fascinating part about the paranormal is you know there's so much more acceptance, not just for the paranormal, but, you know, people in general. And I think that their story should be told the way that it was truthfully and not just the way that it was covered up. I mean, the witches, they weren't witches. And it's like, you know, there's so much to be told from their side of the story that's more important than even what the history books say. Absolutely. And I, and I think a lot of it, too, especially when it comes to women, uh, women were demonized. And if, if, if there were women who, uh, you know, had a strong opinion, they were, like, quickly put into their place or they were crushed by the men. Mm-hmm. And the, the yeah. kind of the closing of Related to Evil uh, it is that. Like, I talk about all the women like Marilyn Monroe, like Eileen Warnos, like Lizzie Borden. And my, uh, my producer, she was the producer on, uh, on Curse of Lizzie Borden. And also, we've worked together on other projects, including A Haunting. And her name's Kay Rothman, and she's amazing. And she's like, Sam, if you look at your family line, all these women were uh, putting, put into these, like, she's crazy, she's this, she's that. And uh, the, men, the men were, the, their stories have been told by the men who wanted to crush them. And it just gave me chills. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, that's what that's what it is. It's like, it's their their narrative is not their narrative. It's it was told by other people, and these people had an agenda against them. Absolutely. Um, so I mean, that's why I think you know what you do in the paranormal is so amazing. Is you really do get their stories out there, whether it's through Estes method or channeling, or you know just doing research and finding their stories. You do such an amazing job at highlighting all of these historical people to um, allow their stories to be told properly in the present day. Yeah, thank you. And a lot of them I'm related to. <laughs> so it's like, like <laughs> yeah, oh, that gives, well, gives me more purpose, more purpose now. I'm yeah. like, wow, I did, I, I, you know, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, like, hey, you're possibly related to Marilyn Monroe. I, I've always connected with her, but I never really, mm-hmm. uh, I never really thought that I would be re- possibly related to her. And I just think it's crazy, but I also think it makes my life make complete sense, too. Because uh, I, I have mm-hmm. gone in this direction. I don't think it makes me special anyway. Like, I don't, I'm not bragging that I'm related mm-hmm. to it's more like, okay, so you're put into this position to uh, look at, to, to basically uh, untangle all the myths and misconceptions associated with them and to tell their story uh, present, in the present day with a different lens. And uh, so I'm kind of taking on the family curse, if you will, uh, and, and hopefully rewriting their story the way that they want their story to be told. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, the only person, my dad's adopted and uh, my mom's Mexican, so we don't have like too many, uh, like, we don't have too many lineages that's traceable. But the only thing I know is my uncle on um, my mom's side was chief of staff at Camarillo State Mental Hospital. And I'm like, you know what? That's information I would keep to myself if I went there. I don't think the spirits would probably <laughs> want to meet one of his relatives. <laughs> and, but I, yeah. I also think, yeah, I, I think that I think that that I, I'm I, I I thought that too, and then I'm like, you know what? As the more and more you uncover, um, there, it's being kept from you, or it's kept being kept from me for a reason. And I think when you're if you're ready, if it, there is something like a bombshell in your family line, um, it 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 will it will kind of present itself when you're ready or be able to handle it. Yeah, because I'm mm-hmm. like. I don't know what the chief of staff did back then or what he went through at that hospital, but I'm like, uh, those were the days of lobotomy. I, yeah, they I don't lobotomy. think they probably want to talk to anyone from his family. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, so that's the only person I know of. And I'm like, yeah, that's not information I think the spirits want from me um, because I am not him, but um, I don't know if they feel the same way. But, I mean, yeah, it's incredible, though, just the way that you are trying to right those wrongs um, for those spirits and, you know, just connect with that. Um, like you said, you're not bragging about who you're related to, but more just sharing the stories and being able to use your connection to them to highlight that. And, and also, and I like what, when you were talking about the, the right, the wrongs, and I think a lot of it, too, uh, there are victims, too. So my, my, my passion is also to connect with the victims of my relatives um, through their lineage. So I'm good friends with my friend Dana. Uh, she and I did a show called Forbidden History, and she's related to uh, one of the witch trials victims, uh, Elizabeth Howe. And uh, so we did this ritual where we um, basically, uh, an apology ritual, we apologized for the, mm-hmm. the, the deeds of my distant cousin, Ann Putnam Jr. And she sort of spoke on behalf of uh, Elizabeth Howe and it was beautiful. It was sort of like this post-mortem healing uh, session. And, uh, and I want to do more of that because I think that there are uh, blood scenes in, in my DNA and there's a lot of hurt in my DNA. And I want to um, undo the hurt if I can. And, you know, do I take responsibility for their actions? Absolutely not. But I think that uh, it's, in, it's part of my DNA and I have to find a way to hopefully give them peace too, because I do believe that some of the spirits uh, in my family line are sticking around until something is done, until they can, uh, you know, either the, it's the story being told correctly or someone like myself to, you know, basically apologize for them uh, so they can cross over to the light, and I want to do that. For sure. Um, I mean, yeah, it is amazing what you do, and I know we're coming towards the end of the show, but I mean, there are so many places that you're have been going and will be going. Where are some of the upcoming events that you have um, going to be and where can people buy tickets? All right. So you go to sandballtruces.com. I have a list of all my events. The, the one that I'm so excited about is the Michigan Paracon coming up in August. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that is sort of like the premier uh, paranormal convention and it's going to be my first time. And so I'm going to be speaking there in August. I have, uh, the Sleepy Hollow Paracon coming up uh, in uh, October. Uh, I have the, the Eastern Tennessee Paracon, and this was in Eastern uh, Tennessee. It's in Pigeon Forge coming up in March. Uh, uh, tons and tons of events. You go to my, my website, sandballtruces.com, and go to events. Oh, and also the Gettysburg Battlefield Bash coming up. Uh, that's in July. 
Well, I mean, those are some amazing locations you get to go to. Have you ever been to Gettysburg before? Yeah, so I've been to the Gettysburg Battlefield Bash multiple times. Uh, this, this would be my mm-hmm. my uh, third year going. Uh, and I am actually able to, to investigate. I've investigated the Fernsworth House uh, but about three times. We did it. We have a show, an online show called Dead Ends, uh, where we go and investigate the um, the haunted uh, inn or hotel. And so the Farnsworth house, house is one of my favorite locations in Gettysburg. So, yes, I've investigated it multiple times. Well, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's definitely, I think, a dream location for so many investigators. Um, I know you also do haunted hotels as well, if you want to tell the audience a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. So there's a show that it's an online streaming show. And what we're trying to do is trying to do, we're not looking for a lot of uh, viewers. We're wanting, looking for engaged viewers. So it's Haunted Hotels Live presents Dead Ends. And my teammates, I have uh, Becky Galantine is on our team. Uh, Richard Estep, who I talked about earlier, he's a fellow author and amazing investigator. Uh, April Bousset, who's my dear friend, uh, she's she's uh, the second medium on the team. And we have Ron Yacovetti and Lourdes Gonzalez on the team. And we travel two locations all over. Uh, right now, it's been all over New England, but we're spreading our wings uh, in 2023. Uh, we're actually investigating the, um, the the location for the Hell House movie uh, franchise. Uh, that's in P- uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, so we're doing that in January. Uh, and then we're going to uh, the, there's a house in the Hoover House and, and outside of Gettysburg and also in Philadelphia in, in February. And in March, we're doing West Virginia, uh, there is a old school hotel uh, that we will announce soon that we're investigating uh, in West Virginia. So uh, we're definitely, and some, some of the people are at the location, some of the people are, are reporting remotely. So it's kind of a combination uh, investigation team. And you can go to hauntedhotelslive.com for that information. Yeah, I mean, that's an amazing team. Uh, some of them have been on the show before and are amazing. I know April, <laughs> every time she's on, she's like, I got to come investigate the Queen Mary. Maybe I can do that on haunted hotels. Um, she she wants to sleep on our couch for some reason. I don't know what the appeal is for her, but she wants to sleep on our couch. <laughs> she has a card. April and I. Yeah, she uh, when I, when I yeah, when I heard when I heard her voice, like I'm like, is that April? And she's like, this is the hottest. When you, there was like the promo voice, and I'm like, that is April. Oh yeah. And she and I together are are hilarious together, uh, and so we have a lot of fun. And and yeah, I, I'm not surprised she wants to sleep on your couch. She's probably, I don't know, she's probably just like like, hey, I want to sleep on your couch. But we we when we're together, we're always getting in trouble. So um, look for some trouble and shenanigans. <laughs> it was Sam and April coming up in 2023. Hey, well, that's fun, and if either my mom in there, because my mom, I think, in April would have caused some trouble. Uh, the problem is for April is I'm really good at a Jersey accent, so I, someone would probably make me do that. <laughs> She's like, Sophia. You see, I, I can just hear her saying it now. I'm like, like, oh, my gosh, get out of here. I'm like, all right. But anyway, so, so, yes, I love her Jersey accent. It cracks me up. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but besides that, are there any upcoming interviews or anything else that you would like to mention to the audience? Yeah, so I mean, coming up in 2023, so I really want to – so I'm working on a book uh, currently, and it's uh, called uh, – what, what am I calling this? I'm trying to remember what, I'm, what I called it. Oh, Fueled by Fear. Uh, and so it's going to be mm-hmm. uh, – that, that is Fueled by Fear, and it's an impasse guide to the paranormal investigating. And so I'm, I'm looking for people who – uh, have gone to locations and they've used their empathic abilities at the locations and walked through their fear. 
so I'm working, I'm look, looking um, to uh, connect with the fellow investigators if they have any stories. Like your story at the Glendale Tavern, that's a perfect example of someone who is at a location, they, their neck starts to, you know, a tense up, and you're like, wait a minute, like, what happened here? And then finding out that, it, that someone was pained at that location, that really gives it power. So um, stories like that I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so interesting just how that can happen, just, like, really spur of the moment. I genuinely was just walking down the hallway looking at old movie posters. I love film and old movies, so I was super fascinated by it. I was not investigating at all. I was just literally being normal, and then that happened, and it's like, you know, there's so much of the paranormal that just happens randomly and so unexpectedly, so... Um, I mean, I imagine there's so many more stories like mine um, that would be amazing for your book, just with people either investigating or literally just living life and, you know, the paranormal just kind of happens to you. Yeah, and that's sort of the story of my life. Like, I really, um, when I go to a location, I, when, if I'm writing about Salem, I'm going to immerse myself there. But the, the, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't have things happen when I'm actively investigating. The things that happen to me are when I'm at work or when I'm walking down the street, you know, it's not, it's not when you're actually with a recorder and asking questions. (laughs) It's always the times where you're not investigating is when they, when they want to talk to you. Yeah, entirely. That happens to me too. Like people are like, Oh, what's really amazing that happens on investigation. Being like half the stuff I can like talk about, I don't even have like proof of because I was just, (laughs) I was just sitting there doing nothing. And it's, it's one of those things, you know, the paranormal so unexpected and I think most of the time when you have something amazing happen to you it's not while you're investigating absolutely so I, I guess the rule the story is don't investigate just go to really cool locations and something will happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah just walk around and be normal like I'd probably be sitting eating somewhere at a haunted location and that's when I'd have something happen to me and I'd be like oh man I'm trying to eat <laughs> and of course um, everyone's like they were like, hey, we want photos. And I'm like, well, I didn't have, have my, my phone available when I was doing that. So sorry, no photos. <laughs> yeah, it's like I wasn't really prepared for that to happen. I know when I was doing the Estes method at the ghost town, the um, investigator I was with said, oh, if you feel anything, just press record on the recorder. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. So I just pressed record as soon as he turned the mask on. And we got so much stuff just because I just left it on. Like, I wasn't just waiting for a feeling. I'm just like, I'm just going to leave this on and set it there. And it's like, that's what happens. You just, you just leave something there and walk away. You'll probably get way more. Um, But I know um, we're finally at the end of the show. I wanted to break that last question up into multiple parts because I know you have so much going on, but when you get your book released, um, we would love to have you back on the show. You know, you're welcome anytime. And I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I, it feels it feels like coming back. Like I'm literally at my home, but I'm back on on my radio home. So thank you for having me on my radio home. <laughs> well, thank you for coming back. We love having you. And like I said, you're welcome back anytime, Sam. Thank you so much, Sophia. Thanks so much, Sam. Wow, fantastic show today, Sophia. Absolutely. Sam was such a great guest. I want to thank you all for listening. The show definitely would not be possible without all of you. And I will talk to you guys again. I don't know when. Uh, maybe next week. There's holidays coming up. It's a little confusing. But uh, bye. Yeah, we have, yeah, we have best of shows and, and things of the like, too. I was jotting things down while Sam was talking, too. So he has upcoming uh, – related to evil uh, uh, on Amazon.com events. He has uh, listed on SamBaltrusis.com. That's SamBaltrusis.com. 
Haunted Hotels Dead Ends. That's hauntedhotelslive.com. And, uh, uh, you know, Ron and Lourdes, they're great, too. We were mentioning them, too, as well. They're, they were great guests last month, too, as well. And also his uh, 2023 uh, book, Fueled by Fear, will be coming out. Everyone, sambaltrusis.com. Facebook like at sambaltrusis author. Twitter and Instagram at sambaltrusis. YouTube search sambaltrusis, too. Again, we have a, a guest uh, booking their spots on this show, too. So coming up. One just before uh, uh, 2023, so, uh, you know, happy uh, Merry Christmas coming up. If uh, we don't talk to you before then, she has best of shows coming up. The Ghost of Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is Debbie and Sion Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.